Hello, I'm Kate. And I'm Pippa. We're the producers at She Wants a Dog, and we're pleased to bring you our series, A Practical Guide to Death. A podcast series exploring death from all kinds of angles. We're glad you've invited us here, into your ear, or perhaps the speaker on your computer, or your car, wherever you're listening from. Welcome. This drama episode is called Fixing Eileen, written by Leah Chillery and performed by Danielle Henry. Did we turn the straighteners off? Yeah, of course we turned the straighteners off. Straighteners a beep if they were still on. Not if they'd already set fire to the curtains, they wouldn't. Well, then the fire alarm would beep, wouldn't it? What if the batteries have gone in the fire alarm? That makes the bloody thing beep as well, you know. Was that a beep? No. Yeah, it was. No, it wasn't. There it goes again. Did you hear it? No. Oh, come on, Eileen. We don't do this anymore, remember? Watch the egg! <gasps> broken. Seems like I was born broken. But for all the love and money spent on therapy, just like all the king's horses and all the king's men... I've never been able to put Eileen together again. Aya, I'm Eileen, and I'm an obsessaholic. An obsessive, compulsive, disordered person. I can get obsessive thoughts about anything, and like the great tides of our shores, they ebb and they flow. At best, they're a gentle cascade. At worst, they're a hundred foot tsunami. Oh shit! Run! I've had every kind of therapy there is. CBT, ACT, EFT, ERT, BRB, OMG, LOL. <laughs> I was only joking, I just threw those last few in there to see if you're paying attention. But seriously, my path to healing has been longer than a socially distanced IKEA queue. And I still haven't had me meatballs. EFT. Now that was... A weird one. It stands for Emotional Freedom Technique. And it's kind of like acupuncture, but without the needles. You tap on these meridian points on the body while thinking about painful memories. How did it go? Uh, Top of the head. Under the armpit. What's that next? I forget. Between your eyes. And let it go. Above the top lip. Release and let it go. Release and let it go. The sad thing is, 
tapping just turned into another ritual. And it didn't half come keen if you overdid it. Especially with how bossy I'd get with myself. You missed a tap. You didn't tap your collarbone. And let it go. Now tap the side of your hand. Tap, I said. That's not tapping. That's barely touching. Release and let it go. Tap. Tap. Release and let it go. Tap. For the love of God, woman. Tap. And this is why I could never be a therapist. That wasn't my worst experience either. Oh boy, that goes to ECT. Electric convulsive therapy. Or in other words, electric shocks. Shit ton of them. I didn't actually feel it, but I was under general anaesthetic. But the nightmares. Probably the best thing I did to try and fix myself was inner child therapy. It's where you go back and try to heal your wounded inner child. Sounds a bit arty-farty, I know, but it works. And I say it works because, well, she's still here with me now. Sometimes it's even her talking. Like, don't be getting freaked out or out. I mean, everyone has an inner child. I just happen to be aware of mine. The idea was to go back and fix whatever caused me to develop the OCD in the first place. Then we, meaning me and the inner child, were meant to integrate into one fully functioning human being. However, something went beat-dong and somehow my inner child became just another part of my fractured psyche. 300, 299, 298, 297, 297, 297, 297, 297, I always hated that clock. Sounded like a death knell. There's me, aged five, hating the clock and waiting for Mother Dear to get back from work, just like we did every day after school. So what's special about this day, you might ask? Hey, Mum's late. It's nearly dark. I'm scared. What if she never comes back? What if she's dead? What if I'm left alone? What if I'm put into care like Annie, but there's no Daddy Warbucks to save me because we all know that's a fucking fairy tale? I was always broken. Anyway, Mum's... Home. Maybe it was saying fucking fairy tale that brought her home. Maybe if I say that enough times, my mum won't die. Fucking fairy tale, fucking fairy tale, fucking fairy tale, fucking fairy tale. Yeah, all right. So this was the start of my magical thinking. I thought I could control events by doing dumb shit. Or maybe that it was that I was sat on the floor. Maybe if I sit on the floor, she won't die. Or was it that I was first sat on the beanbag? Maybe I need to sit on the beanbag first and then get on the floor. Oh, my legs crossed like this or like that. If I get it wrong, my mum might die. I think I think I had my hand in my pocket. Or was it... She's already dead. 
Mum's dead. What? Listen, you need to hear this so that we can recover. I'm you, 35 years from now, and I'm here to tell you that despite how you feel about Mum dying now, by the time she does, which is another 30 odd years from now, by the way, by the time she does, you'll be able to handle it. Look at me. I'm fine. You have a red wine moustache. Yeah, exactly. And whose bloody fault's that? Probably not very helpful, OK? Look, this stuff you're doing here, it, it just masks the real problem. And eventually it morphs into an addiction to Cabernet Sauvignon and online bingo and men incapable of love. So can we just knock it off? So that maybe we don't have to do that for the next 40 years. Thank you. Oh, and uh, I think I'm also meant to tell you that I love you and give you a hug. Music? No, no. Music's too distracting. Phone. In bag. On silent. Seatbelt. Ignition. Mirrors. All the mirrors. All the mirrors again, just for good luck. Blind spot. Indicator. Blind spot twice. Okay, thrice. And we're off. Ever driven somewhere, and then when you get there, realise that you weren't even paying attention? (gasps) Sadly, I've never had that luxury. If anything, I pay too much bloody attention. anyone. I mean, of course there isn't anyone under the car. I mean, how would anyone even fit under the... Oh, nobody there. I didn't kill any children today. I'd never have, by the way. I probably never will. Just make sure, you know. It's fine. Everything's dandy. Oh, come on, Eileen. That's better. Now I can relax and enjoy the scenery. Boo! Oh my God! Hey, Eileen. I wish you'd stop doing that. You know what they say about inner children. They should be not seen and not heard. You know, I've been thinking about why we're not integrated yet. Why? Are you trying to get rid of me? I'll stop making you jump if you want. Integration isn't about getting rid of you. You'll still be there in the gallery with all the other bits of me. The ego, the superego. It's like we're meant to blend together to become one united voice in me head. I think. Maybe we need to go back to a different memory. Maybe that wasn't the first time the OCD started. Oh, I don't know. It just made so much sense. Us being so terrified of mum dying that... In our own immature way, we thought we could control it with our weird-ass compulsions. That's where you're going wrong. I mean, of course. I didn't want Mum to die. But think about what it meant if she did. 
It meant we'd be left alone, right? And that means we would die. Eileen, you were scared that you would die. And I hate to tell you this, but you still are. But that doesn't make sense. Our condition is hyper-focused on us accidentally hurting everyone else. It's never about hurting ourselves, is it? Certainly always seemed like I was worried about hurting someone else. But if I had actually ran someone over the 1,984 times I've checked over the years, then, yeah, that would be tragic and all, but... For real? What would happen to me? Off with her head! Okay, maybe that's pushing it a bit, but at the very least... You appear to have dropped the soap, huh? I don't have time for that today. Especially not here. All right, you win. Maybe this is more about us than I thought. But let's talk about this later. I need to tend to Mum's grave. Why can't we talk about it now? This place is just the right backdrop to talk about death. Wow, that's a lot of bird poo. Stop changing the subject. Eileen, listen. Just like you wanted me to be okay with the idea of mum dying, you have to be okay with the idea of you dying. I am. I need to get some water to clean all that good look off the headstone. Bing bong. This is a Tanai announcement. We have a death denial on aisle one. Come on, Eileen. If you're not doing some crazy ritual or other, you head first into any obsession you can find just to avoid reality. You just didn't realise that the reality you were trying to avoid was the fact that one day you're going to die. She's right, of course. There were rare times in my life that my rituals miraculously faded away. It was usually times I looked to other people to soothe my worries rather than my compulsions. At the time, I joined an a cappella choir, and the next weekend got baptised. And a month later, enrolled on a theology degree. Before dropping out three months later and having to pay all the fees back. Still paying that mofo back now. And to think, I only signed up to the choir because of the dishy pasta handing out the flyers in town. You know, I found Christianity really difficult. Being a good person is hard work. There's just too many rules, and rules are perfect fodder for intrusive thoughts. You're not a good person. You're a terrible person. Who sins daily and not just at slimming well. <gasps> That's not true. The Bible says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Bit of a mouthful, that. You haven't confessed your sins, though. 
What about that thought you had about the shape of married Pastor Andrew's peachy ass as he leant over to tie the lace of his tan brogue? I never had that thought, but I certainly am now. Hubba, hubba. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Can't believe you want to have sexual relations with married Pastor Andrews. Unforgivable. I don't. I totally do. I do not. I do. And so it went on until my Bible fell to bits. Admit it. Your whole life has been about avoiding death. I don't think so. After the religion thing, maybe I was trying to avoid hell, but not death. Um, so the whole law of attraction scam thing wasn't another massive death denial? Scam thing? The law of attraction is real. Ask, believe, and if you're me, never receive because you're not a vibrational match to what you want. See? Scammed. All the money I spent on those seminars and cruises did make me feel a bit shortchanged, yeah. But I can't see how it was avoiding death, though. Remind me of what happens when you die, according to that LOA whack job you listen to all day, every day. We are but an extension of source energy, experiencing itself in physical bodies. And when we choose to leave this time-space continuum, we return to the greater part of ourselves, which remains non-physical and therefore eternal in a realm outside the limited scope of human understanding. Okay, so that sounds a little far-fetched, I agree. But I stopped ignoring reality eventually. I mean, a mountain of debt, trying to force the universe to give me riches, a holiday romance that should have ended in Turkey, but ended in divorce, because I turned a blind eye to all the red flags. Shunned by my circle of friends for avoiding Sue, who had cancer, in case I attracted it to myself. Losing my job, because I wanted to act like I already had the job I wanted, which unfortunately was already taken by my boss. And an alcohol addiction to keep me in constant Pollyanna mode. It all had to come on top eventually. And I've been keeping it real since. Are you sure about that? Of course. I just did what any mentally unwell person would do when they're sober. Became an internet marketer. And what were you marketing? Coconut water. But not just any coconut water. This one made you live longer. But before you start, wasn't magical thinking. That was based on science. Nothing wrong with trying to obtain longevity. Yeah, live as long as possible in the hope that science finds a way to make you live forever. I believe you. Thousands wouldn't. I didn't purposefully go looking for a way to live forever. I was lost down the rabbit hole of YouTube weight loss videos and boom! I ended up, in unbeknownst to me at the time, a pyramid scheme. And it just so happened that I was so far at the bottom, you might as well have wrapped me up and called me Toot and Carmoon. Longevity, fasting, autophagy, telomeres. Fountain of youth, electrolyte blend, coconut water from the coconuts of Papua New Guinea, vitamin A, vitamin B, vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin E, sod it, all the vitamins. Live, lol, love, water, the elixir of life from five ever supplements, like forever, but with a five. 
Smart. Catch it. Auto shipment was £10,000 a month, now only 500 Drop a hell yeah in the comments if you want more info. Hell yeah. Hell no. Didn't most of the comments say that? I don't know, to be fair. Channel got taken down for promoting a Ponzi. But hey, I practice what I preach, you know. I did in fact dry fast for six whole days and replenish on live, law, love, water. The elixir of life. Ended up in A&E with feet so big they couldn't fit in clown shoes. Severely dehydrated. Mainly potassium depleted. I'm thinking those coconuts weren't really from the Papua New Guinea. Tell you something though, while hooked up to that drip in that emergency room made of curtain walls, I came face to face with a grim reaper, like nose to nose cavity. And after I shat myself, I told him, I'm sick of you following me around threatening me with annihilation. You know, I, I've had about as much as I can take of your shit. Do you know what I'm going to do to show you I'm not scared of you anymore? What are you going to do, pal? Don't call me pal, mate. Tell you exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to plan my own funeral. And just like that, he ran, dragging his defunct bone leg through the hospital wards, wailing like the pussy-ass bitch he is. <laughs> Things to consider. Reads, guest lists, invites, plus one, cars, pallbearers, coffin. Ooh, coffins. Let's Google Shut the front door. At least Dick T wore a mask. Maybe I'll just be cremated, then they can just put me in a cardboard box. Ask the co-op if they have any my size. Now, what about music? Mm-mm, not very me, that. I'm more... hard rock? Hey, what if there was, like, a monorail on the ceiling... And you attached my dead body to it on, like, a strong coat hanger. And it weaved all around the room, flinging me around to some Bon Jovi. Oh, it might traumatise the kids, that. Bang kids. Just leave them something nice in me, Will. Oh, my God. Don't even have a Will. Don't even know any kids. To be fair, my Will will probably fit on the back of a beer mat. Probably get that done now. Right, who don't I like? Ex-husband, he gets me haunted doll collection. Backstabbing sister, gets me piece of shit car. Apartment, sell that and give the proceeds to the bin men. Now, let's make a eulogy video. Oh, hi there. From beyond the grave. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed seeing me fly around the room just now. Hell, if it's the last time you're going to see me, might as well make it memorable, eh? Oh my God, I should totally be naked. Make a note of that. Eulogies are meant to be written by people who know you. Well, who knows me better than I do? So here I am to tell you all about me. Something you probably don't know about me is that I've had a lifelong mission that's dominated the majority of every waking moment. 
Some people's life mission is to make a difference on this planet. Some people's life mission is to repost all the dogs from local area that need adoption on Facebook. But mine, my life mission has been to fix myself. Luckily, what I learned in the nick of time was that it's not just me that needs fixing, but all of you as well. Which, if you think about it, means maybe no one needs fixing. Just the way we are. Broken is our default. And you know what? It's okay to be broken. Just sit with that a minute. We're broken. We're all broken. And it's okay. It's okay. Can we maybe get me to go around on the monorail again at this point? Bing bong! This is a Tanai announcement. We have a death denial on aisle four. You nearly got that one past me, Eileen. But the fact is, you're still trying to live on through legacy here. And do you really want to be remembered as a naked monorail corpse? Right, that's it. I've had enough of you. Nothing's ever good enough, is it? You're obsessed with me not facing up to death when I'm pretty sure 95% of people out there aren't doing half as much as I am to at least try. My entire life's been spent thinking there's something wrong with me and I finally come to the conclusion that maybe there isn't and you shit all over it. I'm doing my best here. And you know what? I'm starting to think it's not me that's in denial here. It's you. I don't know what you mean. I'm only five. Oh, now you're only five. I put it to you, little lady, that you are the one who is avoiding reality. I've dealt with my demons, one after the other, no matter how painful it was. Now let's deal with yours. Um, I am you. Uh Uh-uh, you're a part of me that refuses to take its seat in the gallery. Why? I know why. You're still that little girl who's scared of being alone, aren't you? All of this was projection, wasn't it? A distraction. Keeping me busy just so that you could stay here. You came back and interfered. When you came back into that memory, trying to cure your stupid OCD, you ruined everything for me. Before you came along, Mum always came back. In that moment, no matter how much I worried about it, She was alive. But you had to go and change that, didn't you? You brought me here, and now my mum's gone. She's never coming back. She's never coming back. She's never coming back. She won't ever hug me and then put my plaits straight again. She won't lean down and kiss my forehead again. She'll never say, good night, love you, see you tomorrow again. I'll never see her again. And I don't want to go back there knowing that. You're right. I kept you busy because I don't want to be alone. 
But you know how that feels, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I do. But you aren't alone. And I'm not asking you to go back there. You're going to be here with me. In my heart. I'm going to do all those things for us now. Come here. You never deserved all that pain. I wish we told her how much we missed her when she was at work, instead of keeping all that worry inside. We were too small for all that anguish. No wonder we had to find ways to cope. But we have better tools now. I'm just sorry I didn't come back for you while she was still alive. Maybe we could have shared some of these things with her. There's no point in looking backwards. You can share anything you want with me. I love you. God, why is that so hard to say? I love you. I do. So, so much. And I'm sorry for not being there for you before now. But I'm here now. Eileen? We're hugely grateful to writer Leah Tillery, performer Danielle Henry, and our brilliant sound designer Ian Armstrong. Thank you. Join us for the follow-up episode, available through this feed, where Leah unpicks the themes of her play with Caroline Dent, an end-of-life doula and expert in fear of death. The conversation is about Leah and Caroline's experiences. This podcast is produced by She Wants a Dog, with support from our commissioning partner, Nottingham Playhouse and Funders Arts Council of England. To find out more about this series, follow us on social media at She Wants a Dog or visit our website, shewantsadogpodcasts.com. Look out for other series from us, Sick Babe Exploring Life with Invisible Disabilities and the Perverts Podcast, a queer audio cabaret. Please do rate, subscribe and share if you enjoyed it. And join us again for more extraordinary explorations into a subject that affects us all, death.